You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Paige. And this is the Run For Your Lives podcast. This episode, we're talking about the 2006 film Snakes on a Plane, directed by David Ellis and released August 18th, 2006. You know, I love this movie. <laughs> For what it is. Oh, it's yeah. my, it's one of my favorite, like, put it on in the background. Doesn't matter what's happening in it. You can always come in and sit down. Watch a few minutes and then go do something else. But it's there. Yeah. It's like your company. My entire experience with this movie until now. I have never watched this movie beginning to end. Oh, <laughs> I have boy. only ever seen bits and pieces when it's playing on TV or somewhere else. And I'm just like, <laughs> I will watch like a little bit and then move on. So I've never actually pieced it all together until now. <laughs> well, you know, it's really funny that I would like this movie in the first place because I'm terrified of snakes, like <laughs> legit terrified. I have been in pet stores when guys have come in with these boa constrictors wrapped around them and I have to go straight to my car and calm myself down because I'm a wreck. Man. However. I have a reason. When I was, I think about 11 or 12, was riding my bike around where I grew up, and one of the kids I went to school with chased me with a bucket of snakes. I have never ridden that bicycle as fast as I did that day to get back home because I was terrified he was going to dump them on me. Oh, no. <laughs> it was horrible. And so I, yeah, I'm not a fan of snakes at all. I don't know if it's because they don't have legs or what it is, but I'm terrified of them. <laughs> Probably the sharp teeth part. <laughs> it could be the sharp teeth part. That plays a role. Although I have ferrets yeah. and they have sharp teeth and I'm not scared of them. Well, except Willow, but that's a whole other <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's something about snakes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I don't hate them. I'm not afraid of them, but I also like, we'll give them their space. <laughs> yeah, let them do their thing mm -hmm. away from me. Yes, exactly. That's how, the, yeah, that's how I want it. I want <laughs> them to stay away. So it's kind of interesting that I would like this movie as much as I do. But I just, I, I don't know. I love these types of movies anyway. So it's not that far of a stretch, I guess. I, I just really like it. Like, it's funny to me. Uh -huh. <laughs> There's a lot of funny moments that aren't probably meant to be as funny as they are. And then there are moments that I'm legit cheering when something bad happens to someone just because I don't like the character. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> of those moments I have for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, no, go, going into like, the beginning, because like, oh, yeah, this movie's going to be real bad and real cheesy and mm -hmm. hopefully in a purposely, like purposefully not bad way. Um. <laughs> yeah, there were moments of both of, the, of those things mm -hmm. in this film. There were some things that were, 
oh, that's kind of clever. And then it's like, oh, why did they do that? Mm-hmm. And over time, I think I've just let go of any, you know, suspension of disbelief. Oh, yeah. Um, because there are just ridiculous things that happen. So I feel like we should just get into it. You like to kick us off with some good behind the scenes information? All right. Well, it was filmed <laughs> in Burnaby and Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Honolulu, Hawaii. David Ellis directed only seven films, which included two films in the Final Destination series, which was Final Destination 2 and The Final Destination. He also directed the film Shark Night, which is one we may cover in the future. It's actually a pretty good movie as far as shark movies go. Uh-huh. I think it's it's pretty good. Nice. But he was, yeah, he was mostly known as being a stuntman, although he also had some experience as a second unit director on a little movie that we covered not that long ago called Deep Blue Sea. Mm. And he also did the same, filled the same role on The Perfect Storm, which we have discussed talking about on a future episode. Unfortunately, David Ellis passed away in January 2013, so he really only directed those seven films. Yeah. This film had a couple of taglines. Two of them were sit backs, relax, enjoy the fright. And at 30,000 feet, snakes aren't the deadliest thing on this plane. Although I don't get that one because I'm thinking yeah. they most certainly are the deadliest things yeah, on that they, plane. They really are. That one doesn't make <laughs> a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It had a budget of $33 million and a worldwide gross of $62 million Although they considered that to be a flop. Like, Mm. it did make back its budget. And then some. But, okay. Whatever. Yeah, that's better. (laughs) We've covered movies that didn't make their money back. (laughs) So... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was 106 minutes long. And, Paik, why don't you give us your synopsis, or a synopsis, of Snakes on a Plane? All right. See if I can channel that movie voice again that was fun (laughs) (laughs) an fbi agent takes on a plane full of deadly venomous snakes deliberately released to kill a witness being flown from honolulu to los angeles to testify against a mob boss oh my god (laughs) and make it sound way more epic than it was yes Um, (laughs) well eddie kim we didn't get to see him like he was the mob boss and we didn't get to see him really in action except for when he took a bat very Negan uh-huh. style to <laughs> the prosecutor. He didn't seem like a very likable guy. He seemed like yeah. he was frightening. So what we did see of him was him being really scary. So I totally am getting that they wanted to put him behind bars. Yeah. And unfortunately for our good friend, Sean, played by Nathan Phillips, he witnessed Eddie do this. And was afraid to call the police because he thought that they were corrupt as well. Mm-hmm. Which, which is scary. Uh, yeah, which, sure. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to follow there at the beginning. Because <laughs> it's like, so I, I mean, I guess Eddie Kim would be known well enough to where he knew who he was. Yeah. When seeing him. So that much makes sense. But then I was like, but how does he know where Sean lives? How does he know I where to send his gifts? None of this makes sense, but moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Again, suspension of disbelief. You just kind of have to let it go. 
Yeah. <laughs> and realize that it's one of those movies that's not going to be award winning. It's just really meant to be something you can have on, eat some popcorn, laugh yeah. <laughs> a lot, and yes. uh, enjoy. And so I like it for what it is. Plus, it's another movie with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I feel like whatever he does, he's always so intense. Yeah. Even if he probably shouldn't be as intense oh, yeah. as he is. Oh, he's way <laughs> overacting so much of this movie, but it's okay. Yeah. Because he's Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson. Exactly. So that's, he, he can do that. <laughs> exactly. I had trouble, like, figuring out, okay, who are the lead actors or lead characters in this film? Because there were so many, like auxiliary characters at the same time that I felt like it's kind of an ensemble, but not really because there are some that they're all, there's a bunch that are really involved in a bit of the movie, but there are really only a couple that are kind of like the leads. So I, I kind of split my notes up that way. All right. And I might let you run a lot of the (laughs) character conversation notes because, um, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording, most of my notes are just kind of like a weird, like, string of consciousness, like, thoughts I was having about the movie. So, like, if I would just, like, jump into, like, our notes on, like, you know, talking about Agent Flynn, who's like, well, my first really note about him is, like, halfway through the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will take it because this is a movie that I really pushed for us to cover. Yeah. Um, I knew it would be the this would be the right time for us to do it, too, because we've been kind of. Trying to cover some lighter movies right now while I'm over at Podcastica doing The Handmaid's Tale, which we all know is very deep and dark. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you being willing to sit down and watch this film. (laughs) The silly ones are fun. They really are. They are. We've had some fun on this podcast, too, with movies like Black Sheep. That Mm -hmm. was one. Attack the Block. Yeah, Yeah. We've covered some real fun ones. Definitely. It's always good to come in and do these kind of goofy movies. And so to have a few of them in a row is totally awesome. I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) So Neville Flynn is not like or unlike characters Samuel L. Jackson has played before. And I have some really fun behind the scenes things to read at the end or to explain at the end that uh, I think they're kind of interesting. In fact... A lot of the behind the scenes stuff is more interesting than some of the character stuff. Most of the mm-hmm. character stuff. <laughs> At one point too, when I was putting my notes together, I almost switched things up and said, I know these are the these are the main characters, but there are definitely some other characters I'd rather talk about just because uh. they they were just fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more fun. <laughs> so Neville Flynn, we already talked a little bit about um Sean, who witnessed Eddie Kim kill the prosecutor. Yeah. And as Eddie Kim's henchmen are breaking into Sean's apartment, Neville Flynn grabs him and basically says, do what I say and you live. And um, takes him down to the police station or FBI station. And he and Agent Sanders, who is, it seems like, Neville's BFF. Yeah. <laughs> play what looks like good cop, bad cop to try to get Sean to talk about it. But I didn't yeah. think it really worked that way. Yeah. Which was kind of weird because he's like, 
Okay, we know that you were a witness to Eddie Kemp, so we're going to have to protect you. So tell us what you know. Like, wait, <laughs> hang on. What just happened? Like, I thought they were protected. Like, I thought he was, they knew he was good. I don't, I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> but you got to give Samuel Jackson a reason to, to use his angry voice for a little bit, I guess. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> you do. So they basically, Flynn and Sanders convince Sean to go to L.A., to testify against Eddie Kim. Mm-hmm. And they planned for all sorts of contingencies along with their friend, Agent Harris, who was on the ground in in LA. They planned mm-hmm. for these contingencies and anything that Eddie Kim would try to do. But not this one. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny that <laughs> it's like this. So they get on the plane. They've taken over first class. Which is where we kind of meet Claire, who is on her final flight from Hawaii to LAX, because Mm -hmm. she's going to be a lawyer. And all she wants is these low-maintenance passengers. She wants it to be an easy flight. She's like, this is my last one. We're going to do it. It's going to be, you know, easy. Her friends have joined her as a surprise. They're all on the flight. Isn't this great? And then she has to tell the passengers that... FBI has taken over first class. That does not go well. No. Mostly this one guy, Paul, who... <laughs> oh, I couldn't stand him. Oh, I couldn't... I've never been able to stand him. Like, any time he... I I don't know why I ever expect it would be different when I'm watching right. this movie, because I've never liked him. He's a uh, terrible, terrible person. <laughs> just awful. Although Claire does get the best of him at one point because mm-hmm. she's explaining to him that he she's giving him a voucher for a discounted or free flight. And he's just freaking. He's freaking out thinking, well, is this voucher going to help me get to my meeting on time? And she basically looks at him and says, sir, I'm pretty sure that coach gets to Los Angeles the same time as first class. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to like you, Claire. Because yes. <laughs> you are sassy and you're not afraid to give it back to assholes. Mm-hmm. So I am down with you already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so they take off and we have a myriad of characters there. We have Tommy and Curtis, who are these two little boys. Mm-hmm. We have 3G, who's like a rap star, it sounds like, and his two friends who... I don't think they could stand him, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they were just with him. You know, it's their job to kind of be there and, like, watch out for him. But I don't think they like him. I think he's, you know, he's kind of a pain. Uh, We have Maria, who is a mother with a baby. And she's played by Elsa Pataki, who is Mrs. Chris Hemsworth. Yes. (laughs) And one of my favorite characters in the movie, Mercedes, and her little dog, Mary-Kate. Oh, God. Because I like that she also had some interactions with Paul, and she she came back real solid mm-hmm. with him. Yes. On the ground, we had Hank Harris, Agent Harris, who's in the middle of trying to buy a Velvet Pamela Anderson poster in an ebay and looking at the computer screen it was like yep that's certainly old school ebay it looks like Um, it man 2006 is a lot longer ago than you think it is (laughs) yes it is uh, (laughs) 
even one of my notes because like when they're talking about sending the pictures of the snakes to the the expert and they're like well how do we do that and i was like well, what are you it's like we just need a digital camera and a computer that we can email them to i was like oh my god this yeah. is it's already this like old technology alert <laughs> i was like oh no as it be, I'm, I'm old i'm getting old and i'm not even old <laughs> but you technology know moves so fast yeah does. mercedes has oh i have both of them in one i'm like of course she has you this do. Newfangled contraption called a cell phone. A phone. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it looked like a BlackBerry. It did. <laughs> That's all I because you think know of, whatever yeah. phone she had was not a smartphone. Like no, she might have been able to email pictures off of it, but like she wasn't surfing the internet. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. Does anybody even use that term, surfing the internet anymore? I don't even think that. No. Thing. So no, I don't think so. I'm an old man at 30 years old. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you kids and your... <laughs> <laughs> and your newfangled technology. Uh, Pretty soon, Peg, you're just going to be sitting outside shaking a <sighs> stick at the kids who come by and stand on your lawn. I know. 30 years from now, I'm going to be sitting there. <laughs> it's lit, right? We don't say that anymore. We stopped <laughs> saying that a long time ago. <laughs> okay <laughs> there are some movies when you watch them you do get sent back into the past yeah. and this is one of them because they're just these little things that happen and you're just like oh god <laughs> so old school um there's also i think that's most of the characters except um of course grace ken and tiffany who are the flight attendants yeah. And the lovely David Koechner plays this really inappropriate <laughs> co-pilot named Rick. Oh, yeah. I love that. Because I my note on that, I was like, David Koechner's the scummy pilot. I said, that fits. I mean, and then I was like, I was like, I have to go back on my own. I was like, not not, not Koechner. I was like, Koechner's a great guy. Mm -hmm. I've never met him. I know people who have met him personally. And everybody that I've talked to that has met him has said he is just like the sweetest guy in the world. But he plays those roles really well. That's kind of his wheelhouse as an actor is he's really good at playing these like super like douchey, scummy, kind of just slimy characters that you're like, you're like jovial and kind of likable, except all the things you say are horrible. Oh, <laughs> and he said things to Claire. I mean, the <laughs> things he said to Claire, hoping you were going to be the sky candy on this flight. And I was yeah. just cringing, <laughs> cringing at that. And she even snapped back at him and is like, I love the way you demean me or something like that. I can't remember. Uh -huh. It was something like that. Yeah. I'm just thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> that would not fly now. That's oh, for no. sure. <laughs> <laughs> would not fly. Fly. Pate <laughs> um. needs sound effects. <laughs> um, And the only other people I can think of that we saw that don't really come into play well, there's a few of them, but the married couple who are on their honeymoon and only went to Hawaii because the wife wanted to, even though the husband is terrified of flying, much like mm -hmm. I am terrified of snakes. Yeah. But he, I thought it was very sweet that he said, well, you wanted to go. And so I wanted to, you know, give you this. And I thought that was so sweet. R.I.P. Lovely married couple who don't survive. 
Yeah. So not, sad. Not, <laughs> not at all. Uh, no. <laughs> and then we have that young, hot couple, one of whom is Taylor Kitsch, who has been in a bunch of different movies, who are trying to join the Mile High Club. Mm-hmm. And it gives us some of that CGI that was not very good. Yeah. Um, they also had a joint in there, so it was a mile, little bit higher club. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but I learned something between them and then the man who went to the bathroom mm-hmm. not long after that snakes like boobs mm-hmm. and they don't like to be peed on. No. That was, you know, knowledge I learned. I'm like, I can take this into real life now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was those, those scenes in the lavatory were really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know, we get classic, you know, boobies for the sake of boobies. Yes. Those are absolutely. That's because you get the added fun of some iffy CGI snakes with weird green vision that can latch on to necks and said boobies yes uh and then but but don't worry equal there equal opportunity there's also a dick and mm-hmm. he's bitten on the penis so he, is. he was on that snake. <laughs> a snake did not um, enjoy that was yeah. pissed off you could see it because of course they didn't show the male private parts but we did, did see a little bit well kind of you can see <laughs> i'm sure it's like a prosthetic and all that stuff yes. but yeah but you saw the snake getting peed on and it's looking at up at him and it's pissed off. And I'm just like, oh. and this is a man who's very proud of his penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he goes in to go to the bathroom and he's, uh, how are you, big guy or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Just shoot like, me if I ever say anything like that. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't imagine um, that you ever would. Um, yep. And I would smack you upside the head if you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was interesting. Yeah, what was what's the saying? Better to be pissed off than pissed on. But the snake yes. had both. So I know. You know. <laughs> and it was being pissed on that made him pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. The circle of life. I don't know if that applies, <laughs> but um, no. <laughs> you just you know this movie again just makes me laugh and I can't help it. Like it just it's. I, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is a ridiculous movie. And yet I watch it a couple of times a year. I feel like it's yeah. my number one go-to to put on in the background. Mm-hmm. So I guess with, with character notes, because we kind of just like went through all of the characters, because there's not a lot of character note per se. But like, you know, I can go through just kind of what I have in my notes about different people. You know, um, this a- applies to a few people. This is just me being... I say kind of like nitpicky, but not really. Not really. But I was like, Venomous Snakes, Flynn, and Harris, and Maria. <laughs> like, come on. Venomous. Not poisonous. <laughs> venomous. Because even like when Maria is like, you know, sucking out the venom from Tommy's arm. And she's like, and then it gets through. So, you know, you drink the olive oil and swish around. So the poison does like, it's not poison. It's venom. It's venom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Come on, people. Uh, poison means you die if you ingest it. Yes. <laughs> venom will slowly venom kill you. Venom kills you if it ingests your bloodstream. I guess I was trying to connect them. If a your bloodstream bit, but... ingests it. Yeah. 
Basically, the way I've heard, if you bite it and you die, it's poison. If it bites you, you and you die, you it's venom. venom. <laughs> uh-huh. And there is your science lesson. Yeah. <laughs> poison versus venom 101, instructor mm-hmm. pick. <laughs> if it bites you and you get a different life, it's vampire. Um, um, <laughs> for some you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how do you differentiate between... If it bites you and makes you want to bite someone else, then it's a vampire. <laughs> or if it bites you <laughs> and makes you want to eat somebody else, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a zombie. Mm-hmm. So I we'll really need a graph. Yeah, um. <laughs> I'm glad that we've, we've, you know, I'm really glad that we figured that out. Now mm-hmm. I have a clear, clear idea of where yeah. we are with that. That's good. So, yeah. So poisonous snakes would mean that. <laughs> if they were dying by poisonous snakes, it means they're eating the snakes on the plane and they shouldn't do that. I don't think that they um, were on the menu. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I don't know. They were they did microwave one. Oh, good and maybe old kid. maybe they maybe they are on the menu because you did notice there's a snake preset button that he hit on that microwave. So Yes. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe they've been cooking <laughs> snakes up on that plane the whole time. Oh uh, <laughs> I guess you just don't know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, what else you got? So, I'm on Flynn. So, I did like that they gave him this kind of side mission of having to go down into the plane and fix the AC. Because as air's running out of the plane, temperatures and tensions are rising. And they're running out of oxygen. And so, he has to go fix it. And I thought that was kind of a cool little, like, give him a little action adventure sequence of give him something to do. Yeah. To fight off these snakes in the process. Like that. If I were in that situation, I want his stun gun because he was stunning yeah. the fuck out of those snakes, <laughs> and I was down with that. I'm like, give me that the stun great. gun. I would have wanted more like a cattle prod. Give me some distance yeah, instead of like true. up close taser. But you know, yeah. the the idea is great. <laughs> yeah, it works. I felt bad for his um, his BFF mm-hmm. Agent Sanders because he actually, of all things. <laughs> suffers from a phobia, which is fear of snakes. Yeah. yeah. You could tell he was having a real not good time. <laughs> not at all. Seeing his face, I'm just like, I, I'm with you, Sanders. I would be that way, too. I probably would pass out. Mm-hmm. One snake is bad enough, but the number of snakes coming after him? No way. I couldn't take it. Yeah. And then one last note about more Samuel Jackson than anything is there's no way that's actually him on the surfboard at the end. Uh, just another, again, I said, it's just stream of consciousness that I'm watching and I have a thought and I jot it down. Um, <laughs> we appreciate that about yes. you. <laughs> Claire Miller, uh, Juliana Margulies. Yes. Which I don't know her from like a whole lot of stuff. She's been in a lot of stuff. And so she's kind of one of those, like I've seen her in different places but my mind immediately jumps to Scrubs. She's only in like two episodes of Scrubs, two or three episodes. But I just recently watched those episodes. And so it's like, oh, hey, look who it is. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she plays a, which is funny that, you know, she wants to become a lawyer in this movie is what she's moving on to. Because her like little arc, her like three episode arc in Scrubs, that's what she is, is like the, like, ho- like the lawyer that patients in the hospital hire for like malpractice suits and stuff against the doctors. Ooh. So she's kind of the villain in that show in a way. And she's ice cold. <laughs> oh, well, you know, 
It's funny that she's on. She was on a couple of episodes of Scrubs because she. I think her first real breakout role was being a nurse on ER back in the mm-hmm. late nineties. I think early nineties. I have no concept of time. (laughs) And then I was talking to a coworker yesterday about like concerts and bands and stuff we've seen. He was like, when was that show? When did you see that band? And I was like, Oh God, it had to have been 2006, 2007. And then I was like, well, it was, (laughs) well, this band was on the show and it was after their first album. So when did their first album come out? 2011. Oh God. So it wasn't, (laughs) it's over 10 years ago. It had time has no concept. Like there's, It could have been 10 years ago. It could have been 30. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) this last year has played with all of our sense of time. (laughs) I think it has really effed things up for us. And yeah, stuff that I'm thinking, oh, that was five or six years ago. And it was like, no, that was 2019. Mm. I don't know how. I just can't. I have no concept of time. Not (laughs) at all. (laughs) <laughs> she was also on The Good Wife, which was a longer running series. Mm-hmm. But those are the things I know her from. I don't remember yeah. her from any other like movies. Yeah, so you're naming a lot of shows that were really big that I never watched. Yeah, I so didn't. it's kind of yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch The Good Wife. I heard it was great. It's just yeah. not my cup of tea. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm much more into the big blockbuster type shows. You know, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead. But we've talked about that before. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see what I got with Sean. is Again, we talked about, you know, they take over first class and he's kind of like kind of okay with it, but also feels kind of bad about it. I think he's kind of and I love how that was a weird exchange when he finally gets everybody to go up into the first class area after being told like, no, they can't come up here. They can't come up here. And he gets everybody. And then when Flynn comes back out and he's like, I let everybody else up here. And he was like, well, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah. It's like, so they just wrapped that up really. Like, then, <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, him and what was it? The, the flight attendant, Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. That little, like before the plane, like really even takes off. I thought that was really funny kind of conversation where, you know, she's kind of being a little nosy, but flirty at the same time. She's like, so what did you do? Because she, all she knows is he's being escorted by the FBI. Yeah. And so maybe she's hoping she can talk to like some kind of like bad guy, <laughs> you know, for that way. You know, <laughs> I think in her head, she's thinking I can go back to my friends. And if all the news comes out, this guy was like some crazy serial murderer or whatever. She'd be like, oh, I talked to him on the plane. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> Instead, he's going to L.A. to testify <laughs> against Eddie Kim. And she says, that's hot. (laughs) But I love the reveal of that because, you know, she's like, what'd you do? And he's like, well, it's actually what I'm supposed to do. And then he goes, have you heard of Eddie Kim? And then she goes off in this. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember these like true crime shows and stuff where they were like, you know, recreating him torturing and murdering violently these people that, you know, tried to. Uh, wit- were witnesses against him. So anyway, what are you doing involving Eddie Kim? Oh, I'm a witness against him. Oh, like, That's hot. oh my god! Remember all those tor- terrible, horrible things he did to witnesses. So anyway, yeah. oh, you're a witness. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> and then yeah. the ending of the movie when they get off the plane. And he gets like bit in the chest and then Flynn just shoots him twice in the chest. And I was like, what? 
Like, <laughs> I actually had this moment for a second. I was like, what if it's a whole twist and Flynn's been working for Kim the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> and I was no. like, oh, no. He had a bulletproof no. vest on the whole time for some yes, reason that we did. never saw till now. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah, because they'd want to be protecting him against whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember, too, when at the beginning when they were looking at one of the smaller planes and the dogs were sniffing it and it was kind of the decoy. Yeah. And once they got on the plane and the snakes started coming out, I'm thinking, boy, I bet he wishes he was on that other small plane that didn't <laughs> right. have snakes on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, the bulletproof vest was a nice surprise, almost as surprising as the fact that Ken wasn't gay to the other attendants, it looked like. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm like, you go, Ken. That teaches uh, you not to look at someone and think that looking at them or, or how they talk and act is going to tell you all about them. Like, mm-hmm. books are different. Don't judge it by the cover. Yeah, I thought that was, it was it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she came running after him. Oh, my goodness. That was, yeah, that was interesting. Because there were allusions to that the entire movie. Like, oh, little yeah. things here and there. Like well, he's very he, flamboyant. Like yes. when they're giving the like the little speech of, you know, you know, in in uh you know, in event of a water crash landing and da da da. I haven't been on a plane in so long, I forget how that stuff goes. <laughs> I miss honestly when they first started taking off, I have a note on here, I was like, I miss flying on planes. Now let me go ahead and throw a caveat in there, the snakeless variety, please. Yes. But <laughs> you know, I do miss I miss traveling. I miss so which I get to do some more of that later this year and I'm excited. Yeah, me Things too. Coming back around. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> life. Life. Yes. Again. I can't even. <laughs> but yeah, but he was very like animated with his, you know, finger wags and doing like <laughs> while giving this little like speech. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of a riot as well. His interactions mm-hmm. too with I think the guy's name was Chen Liang. He was the kickboxer. Uh, yeah. So he's talking with him. Well, I'm taking kickboxing down at such and such or whatever with my girlfriend, and Chen just looks at him and is like, "Girlfriend, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah." That was definitely. A surprise, but I was okay with it. I'm like, good for you, Ken. Good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I just get to other random characters and people notes. Yeah, Paul, again, I was talking about. Very smarmy. Hates the dog and the baby right away. And I just said, he needs to die quickly, I hope. Um, <laughs> and then he lasts way longer than he should. He was despicable. He was just... Every time he'd show back, I'm like, oh, God, he's still here? Yes. <laughs> yes. From the I minute know. he got on the plane, he was annoying. Yeah. He did And then want- he does the worst thing that animal lover people would, like, I was like, oh, God, how do people, like, manage to watch this movie knowing that's coming? I am coming? not a fan um, of that. Yep. I was pissed. Just throws the dog to... I kept thinking like anaconda, but then I did find out it was at least the actual snake that they used in the place was a uh, Burmese python. Yes. Right. But because I had a little note because it was like, ah, oh, the old anaconda in the light fixture. I hate when that happens. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, they actually used a 19 foot Burmese python mm-hmm. named Kitty. 
Yes. <laughs> but the crew actually called her Kong. Not All sure right. why, but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So when Mary Kate gets tossed there, I'm like, there isn't. He's got to die a horrible death for that. Has to happen. Which he, he immediately suffers like the same fate, which I was like, cool. Awesome. Good. Um, you should go out that way. And at the mm-hmm. end, when now, um, Flynn has blown a hole in the side, you see the snake go yeah. out his body. And he's like halfway. Uh, yeah, I was like, that's amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> I don't care that the CGI was a little sketchy. I'm yeah. okay with it. I was happy. Yeah. I was cheering. I did really like that. She, You and know then, what? She probably mm-hmm. tried to eat him and he didn't taste very good because he's a, has a sour disposition. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Sounds like one I would have come up with. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why you, you didn't either, but maybe I'm hanging around you too much <laughs> now. I'm starting to come up with everything. It's <laughs> uh, great. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're getting talking Keckner and Rick. Uh, even though he was real, like, douchey. Mm-hmm. I think like he's a good pilot. You know, he had served with the uh, like the captain for a while and was devastated when he died. And mm-hmm. goes to take over. And then he ends up getting bitten. And you think he's dead. But then he comes back and is still managing to like put it back on autopilot. And do as much as he can while he dies. And that was that was an interesting thing about the movie. Is like, you know, we get a lot of people who just die pretty quickly. And are killed. But then we have like a few select characters that like are bitten. And then we kind of see their like progress through the movie. We get one of 3G's guys. I don't. Remember his name. It's the one that's not Troy. Um, Troy was the best. Like, Troy. Oh, yeah. Keenan Thompson. Oh, my God. Love- Thank you yeah. for being in this movie. <laughs> yes, I love Keenan Thompson. so good. Um, <laughs> Big Leroy Big was Leroy. the name of the guy that gets bit. He got bit in the butt. And then the whole movie, he's just like, oh, my ass. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he survives. But then we get other people, you know, like Rick dies later mm-hmm. after... Flying for a little bit longer. Grace was the the hardest one. I, yeah, I was like she she was the realist that one. You know, you know she she got bit saving Maria's baby and yeah. then ends up dying from it later, and that was really sad. And then yeah. we talked about Sanders, Agent Sanders. Yeah, and that one took a little bit of time. Yeah, and then the other one is uh, Tommy, the little boy. Oh God, gets bit on the arm by the cobra, and then ugh the. Cutting his arm open and letting all the venom and stuff out. Uh, eat, Not uh, the poison? Eat. Not the poison yeah. cake? Yeah, right. <laughs> venom, I say it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a little gross. But I had a note, I was like, the little kid that played Tommy, I said, either he was an incredible little actor, or that poor boy had a horrific time doing this movie. Because he just looks distressed, like he's been crying and panicking for hours on end every time you see him. And I did a quick little IMDb search, and I think this is the only movie he ever did. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm leaning towards the second one. <laughs> he had a bad experience. He, he had doesn't a very want to ever experience. make any more movies. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Because just anytime you saw him, like I was like, he is having a real bad time. Yeah, he, like, he did. He didn't say any words other than like, like, I feel like they probably filmed a lot of this in order. So mm-hmm. when he is kind of talking at the beginning of the movie, 
I feel like that was some of the early stuff he shot because then once the snakes came out and the stuff, that kid did not have a good time. Um, no. Because he never no. talks again. And anytime you see him, he looks like he's been crying and crying or he's got the oxygen mask on. Somebody's holding and consoling him. He's like, And Troy was trying to play a game with him. Like he went over yeah. at one point and was trying to play a game with him. I'm like, good on you, Troy. That's yeah. why you're one of my favorite characters in this. Mm-hmm. You really are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked Troy a lot, which is getting, yeah, the, the three G's. Oh, my God. Yeah, th- three G's and his entourage. But, yeah, Keenan Thompson is so He's great. And so I do good. like Claire's talking to to Tommy and uh, Curtis, his brother. And, you know, <laughs> tells, tells them, you know, oh, you know who's on the flight? Three G's. You might get to meet him. And I was like, ah, I don't know if three G's wants that. <laughs> like, he was kind of. He was kind of cool to the kid that he met in the record store or the, the gift shop or whatever, but like, he's pretty full of himself. <laughs> he might let you meet him, but don't touch him. Yeah. Just say it. Yeah. I couldn't tell if he was like a germaphobe or like just a douchebag. And I think it's more the second one. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had the hand sanitizer right after. So that's why I started thinking he's a germaphobe. We need to get more of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you want to bathe in it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and I love, he he sees mercedes who's, who's quite hot and so yeah. he's like you know hey ma come on over here you mm-hmm. know it's very and then she sits and i think he immediately regrets that decision uh, she brings her dog mary kate because of mary kate and she's kind of also just like i mean she's probably the kind of girl he's totally fine with like it's like but she's like just talk less <laughs> high maintenance little high maintenance yeah. but i liked her because she because she was snappy about things yeah <laughs> and uh, my note about that when she went to set with him um and he was talking with her she, three three g's is casting his next video already on the plane yeah <laughs> he wants to put her in a thong and have her dance in his video and i'm just like oh wow <laughs> so good really <laughs> Yeah, I did love it, though, when he is trying to get away. He's pushing people out of the way, and he gets to the bathroom where the Mile High Club, the Mile, Mile, no, the Mile High High Club bodies, and he opens it out, and they fall on him, and I'm like, there you go. Be a jerk, and that's what you get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I liked that. Wish they did give him a tiny little arc. I I don't know if they needed to, but they did, so that's good. Where he then comes back and apologizes to people for being rude to them. I was like, well, that's nice. That's I'm nice. I'm glad that they did that. Um, and at the end, he's carrying Tommy out to put him on the stretcher. He needs oxygen right away. And I'm thinking, are you a doctor now? Did that right. happen on the plane? <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I've played one in a music video. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, Maria, we talked about the olive oil a little bit. Maria is the one who said... Well, we used to take it on when we were, you know, out hiking in case mm-hmm. someone got bit. And it was like razor blade and olive oil in that process. Yeah. I meant to look up that process to find out how realistic it is. Yeah, I don't know is. how scientifically <laughs> accurate that is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard of like sucking out the venom and spitting it out. But I figure, yeah. I mean, just like don't ingest it. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But I did think, I believe that. The cutting of the arm was a practical effect and actually looked pretty, it was pretty real gr- and pretty gross. gross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, there's where you, you spent your practical effects budget. 
uh-huh. right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did like Claire's interactions, though, with them, because she was always trying to comfort them when things were getting a little bit crazy. She'd always go back over and say, yeah, this is like a roller coaster. Do you like roller coasters? And the kids would be like, no. And she's like, yeah. me either. They make me sick. So we're going to play the f- this game where you're going to count to 10, open your eyes, and make the funniest face you can, and the first one that laughs loses. And it's she's just trying to distract them. Yeah, I really liked that actually. Yeah, like I made as somebody who works with kids at <laughs> different times, I was like, I made a mental note of that. I was like, hey, like, yeah, that's actually a really good one. Yeah, because it gives them something they're like taking their mind off of whatever is going on. Yeah, because I've worked with kids in like traumatic issues and stuff too. Not a lot, but I've I've had a little. I've delved into that a bit, and so. I make a lot of notes for like ways to help kids with like different like issues. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, that actually is a really good one. <laughs> it's like, it takes the, yeah, like I said, it takes the mind off of whatever's going on, gives them something that's kind of entertaining and like, gives them a goal to yeah. like strive towards, even in like if it's very contained. Yeah. So honestly, I don't know who came up with that for this movie, but I was like, that Me is, either. but it's good. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could work. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about a lot of the things that I had in my notes. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, basically, there were two different attacks or instances where the snakes, like, exploded to me. They exploded, because that's what happened. Like, in the beginning, when they were all in the plane, and then I think there was turbulence... And they all dropped down and were all over people and after the lays. Then later on, they broke through the wall and started biting people. It was just, it was pretty extreme. Um, I wasn't a fan of all the snakes, but they were effective at their job. That's that's what I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I say a few character notes and I'll get into snakes. Um, As far as, yeah, Moon's and Troy, but we didn't really talk about, I love his... Landing the plane at the end and being like, oh, yeah, I've clocked like so many hours, like 2000 hours. Oh, wow. And then it's like, you know, what have you flown? Oh, this and this and this. Oh, thanks for your service. They're like military planes. Yeah. What what division were you in? (laughs) And he says like some like made up one from the game. (laughs) Flying aces. It's just like, it's like you've been flying on a video game. But I knew it wasn't necessarily because it was like a flight simulator, which they do have, which... From what I've understood, I've never played any of them, but they are very in-depth. And honestly, I mean, it is still kind of a stretch, but, like, as far as, like, they are very accurate. Like, yeah. some of the flight simulators that are out there are very detailed he, and he's as close I'd as they want. can get. I'd, yeah. want him to be, I'd want him to be the one landing the plane I was on that was full of snakes. Well, I wouldn't want to be on the plane in the first place, but if I was, I'd want him yeah. to be the one. Yeah, I like how Flynn st- like sticks up for him at that point where he was just oh, like, "This is the most experienced person we have. This is what we got. We've got to deal with." And I trust him to do it. I loved at the end too when he just said, "All oh, praises to the PlayStation." Yeah, <laughs> like, and it was a PS2. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, we're on five I now." So it was like taking me back. Man. I remember <laughs> my PS2. Yeah, long time ago. Long, long time ago. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, see, I have Kim and his henchmen at the beginning. And they're very, it was a very laughably cliche 
<laughs> my boss and his henchmen kind of scene to me, and then oh. how they knew where he lived. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the 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 snake expert, I really thought was interesting. Doctor like, Price is a snake expert. Yeah, it's like he knows of the one dealer capable of providing all these snakes, and then they can he can take the FBI to them and to him, and then get the list of snakes that's on the plane and anti venom. How they know which snake bit which person. Who knows, but we'll ignore that. And <laughs> Well, you know, Tommy's brother at least drew a picture. Yeah, at least that's helpful but for everybody else. It's like, which one bit you? I don't know. I was fucking running. Um, <laughs> like... yes, uh, running from my life. <laughs> yeah. well, I didn't do- get a good look at it. It's sorry. Yeah. And Dr. Price doesn't want to be taken away from his exciting ba- baby Antiguan racer eggs that are hatching for the first time. So Harris mm-hmm. looks right at him and says, well, I've got another exciting first to tell you about. And yeah. he starts telling him and I thought it was interesting how Flynn was trying to describe the snakes and he and he's just like, You're gonna have to be way more specific. Yeah. At that point oh, I no. thought honestly Flynn would come back and say, What? Do I need to get their name and address? What <laughs> other information do you need? Um yeah. but it came out though that the snakes were not even from this continent. I'm like, oh goodness. So there we're not like dealing with rattlesnakes we're dealing with Mm -hmm. all sorts of things and they were all different colors shapes and sizes and they actually used 405 different snakes oh wow to portray and i like that you know for the scenes that they're not attacking or like having a goal and doing something specific that then they used actual snakes i Mm -hmm. thought that was helpful because the cgi does not hold up as well so well, they did to a point. Because Samuel L. Jackson didn't mm-hmm. come into contact with any live snakes because he had a contract clause preventing uh. snakes from being within 25 feet of him. And I'm like, that's the clause I want. Yeah, right. <laughs> Funny. But yeah, there's just legacy. What is some of the snake stuff? Oh, <laughs> there's a snake in my barf bag. Um, <laughs> oh god <laughs> are these more uh, of your streams of consciousness yeah yeah awesome um, keep it coming so I can't I, so I can't believe I let this movie get me with two jump scares <gasps> I'm, I'm 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 upset at myself I'm better than this <laughs> um no but there's two moments moments that literally made me like Ugh, and I was like fuck I can't believe I did that <laughs> I'm a grown man no uh no uh with Mercedes when Chen the like punches. dead body like kind of pops up. Yes. Like she's like that one got me. And then when Claire's looking for Rick and then the snake jumps up out of the like little oh, hole under there at bad. her. That one got me. And I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> I I had I had one too when um when Mercedes is standing up and she's not sure what to do because she's on the side with all the snakes. And there's one that looks like it's going to attack her and Chen is behind her and like hits it. I -hmm. wasn't expecting that. So that made me jump a little bit. (laughs) But I liked that scene where he kind of swooped in and saved her. I'm like, yeah, Mercedes, this is the guy you should be looking at. He's the one. He's a good guy. Stay Mm -hmm. away from three G's. Yeah. I think it took like Troy, like really laying out. Like we've been friends since we were kids, but I don't even know you anymore. Like you are not the person that I grew up yeah. with. Like you're not a good friend. I was like, oh, there you go. Tell him. Well, there were different instances yeah. too where they would be talking and they'd say, nope. 
And then they would go back to what they were doing. You could tell they are over his shit. They want nothing to do with him. I laughed so hard at when 3G's is giving Troy a hard time when the the bigger lady, the Hawaiian lady comes walking by. And he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, you'd like that. You want some of that. And you, you, you know, the two of you would have some 20 pound babies, you know, making fun of his weight and her weight and stuff. And he kind of goes, ha, 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 and then just exactly. stops deadpan back whenever he's done. Yeah. Like, okay. That yeah, was really funny. They've had enough. It's like, <laughs> no, no more. They, yeah. I get the feeling that that he had to start to change or he wasn't going to have any friends left. Yeah. Because they'd had enough. They really had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that is about all the notes that I had, except for one when the credits rolled, and I was—I forgot about this freaking Cobra Starship song <laughs> with William Beckett, uh, Major Iverson, and Travi McCoy. Ooh. With uh, Iverson, she's from the band The Sounds, which I've never really listened to. But William Beckett is the lead singer of a band called The Academy Is, who I really yes. like. Yes. I and like then, his solo stuff. Yeah, his solo stuff's good too. And then Travi McCoy, of course, Gym Class Heroes. And then he's mostly known for being a big, you know, feature with Bruno Mars before Bruno Mars really blew up with uh was it Millionaire or Billionaire? One of those. Yeah, that song that was Bruno Mars it was really like Travi McCoy featuring Bruno Mars. That's how all that goes back. <laughs> so yeah, which I don't know. What has Travis McCoy been up to lately? Because I miss him. Because I like Jim Class Heroes a lot. And like I liked his solo stuff for a little bit. And then he just kind of went away. I feel like that's a rabbit hole for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we... he, did, he dated Katy Perry oh. for a while. Because there's a, a Jim Class Heroes song. Uh, I think it's just what uh, Cupid's Chokehold. Take a look at my girlfriend and Katy Perry's in the music video for that song. Oh. They were dating at the time. And that, I don't think the title of that song is even in that song, is it? No. No. That's another. No, wait. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? They, they kind of mentioned Cupid's got me in a chokehold. I think that yeah. is part of the, okay. the lyrics. But yeah. Wow. <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard that song in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we covered all of my notes. I mean, I have some notes on the snakes that they used, so I can kind of get into that, I guess, before production notes and quotes. So, okay. So they used the Burmese python we talked about. The um, scarlet king snake was the non-venomous double for the eastern coral snake. Because they kind of picked snakes that looked similar to the actual venomous one mm-hmm. to be in the movie they used a milk snake um also that also stood in for coral snakes the florida yeah. king snake filled the role of the venomous australian taipan which is the one that attacks a couple that were having sex in the mile high <laughs> high club uh-huh they use yeah, i feel like eagle-eyed people would have picked up on the the king snake switch on the coral snake because i even remember like being raised on the whole like red against yellow mm-hmm. kill a fellow or god well maybe i would be wrong because which one because i know it's like red against yellow and then red on black friend of jack or maybe it's the other way does it kill jack in friend of a fellow i don't know so i would still be up shit's creek but 
<laughs> but at least I remember the colors. Yes, that's Wouldn't good. Wouldn't help me. But that's I... good. <laughs> they also use corn snakes, mangrove snakes, some rattlesnakes. About <laughs> two thirds of the snakes seen throughout the film were either animatronic or CGI. The snakes that were real were mostly the non-venomous ones that are never seen attacking anybody. The scenes where someone is clearly bitten were often done with animation. And according to the DVD, and now there are fireworks going on outside of my house. And there That's we normal. Are. That's normal. On May 13th. I don't know right. what holiday it is. <laughs> okay. According to the DVD, all the snakes had production names, but only Scarface, which was an animated pit viper, Peanut, a cobra, and Kong are mentioned by name in the audio commentary. So that's pretty much all I have on snakes. Cool. I delved into snakes more than I wanted to, because <laughs> I'm not a fan. Now I'm wondering if I'm going to have nightmares tonight <laughs> <of> being <laughs> in a room full of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, then, yeah, that's all the notes that I had. So awesome. I think we're ready to dive into some production notes. Okay. And stuff. So well, you got some fun stuff. I do. I feel like there were more fun things that came about with this film. Um, Snakes on a Plane at the time that it came out was called Soap. Snakes on a Plane. Uh-huh. It's kind of some of the internet promotion. Snakes on a Plane was the first story credited to David D'Alessandro who was an administrator at the University of Pittsburgh. Originally, he wrote the story in 1992, and it was about a brown tree snake loose on a plane, and the story was called Venom. was rejected by about 30 studios before New Line <laughs> optioned it in 2004. Wow. And it started with one snake and ended up with many. Okay. Yeah. Lots of changes. So... And I remember this well, because it was back when... Peg, do you remember Live Journal? Yes. Okay. It was back when Live Journal was a really big, popular thing. So the film had a lot of attention prior to its release. It had a large online fan base. Most people liked the cast. They liked the B-movie-like premise and the title, Snakes on a Plane. In March 2006, New Line Cinema, due to massive fan interest on the internet, allowed for a five-day reshoot to film new scenes to take the movie from PG-13 to an R-rated film. Originally, the film had wrapped all the principal photography in September of 2005. Mm -hmm. Among these additions is the Samuel L. Jackson character line that everyone knows. A line that originated in an anticipatory internet parody of the movie. At one point, New Line Cinema wanted to change the title, and Jackson threatened to leave the set. He said he had signed on simply for the title Snakes on a Plane, and he wanted it. He loved the title because it tells you exactly what the movie is about, so you know what you're going to see. Yeah. I thought that was and kind I of think funny. There's kind of a rumor out there, I don't know 100%, but... I think like his agent said he wasn't going to want to do the movie because of the title. He was very much like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson would never work on something like that. And then it was kind of, he went the other way and he was like, no, they better keep it that name. That's exactly yeah, what I want. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, we already met, Paik already mentioned that the male flight attendant, Ken, 
puts the snake in the microwave and hits the snake preset button on the microwave. Mm -hmm. Well, never knew that microwaves came with that setting. Um, We talked about that most snakes were digitally created because the real snakes didn't move as much as the filmmakers wanted. And they used 450 snakes to represent the 30 different snake species that they wanted to represent. Snakes are often mistakenly referred to as Wattpake. Poisonous, which is not However, what snakes are. However, the correct term is <laughs> venomous. Venomous, yes. <laughs> We're learning today, people. <laughs> Poison is ingested, venom is injected. Yeah. And there finishes your science class for the day. Mm-hmm. South Pacific Airlines no longer exists, but was recreated in a fictional sense for the film. The airline began service in Honolulu to Tahiti. The airline began service from Honolulu to Tahiti on April 2nd, 1960, and folded sometime thereafter. The poster design of snakes wrapped around a plane is a reference to the caduceus, which is the symbol for medicine. The fake working title that was written on the clappers was Anaconda 4. And here were some kind of cool things that I found out. Krista Faust wrote the novelization of the film that included character backstories and also introduced other characters that were not in the film. There was also a comic book adaptation by Chuck Dixon. Paik has already told us about the wonderful Cobra Starship song. <laughs> but the soundtrack actually had... was a. It, the soundtrack was a bit of fun and mm. had songs by Jack's Mannequin, Coheed and Cambria, Jim Class Hero, CeeLo Green, and Panic at the Disco. It's just a perfect early 2000s <laughs> like mix of bands and artists that I just obsessed over in those days. So that is quite a throwback. Isn't it? I feel I still listen to most of those bands. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to listen to the soundtrack again. It's been a while mm-hmm. since I did, but. I feel like I got to go back in time and just kind of most all. I still listen to all. (laughs) (laughs) I think there were others too. Like the Academy is, is one also that you mentioned earlier. So yeah. So there's a lot of cool songs on that soundtrack. I'm going to have to listen to it again. I'll be seeing Green Day in like two months. You will. I'm so excited. Normal things. Ah! Lots of normal things in the next, like July, I feel like, is when Return to Normal really starts. Yes. <laughs> I have two big events two days apart from each other. I know. How are you going <laughs> to handle that? I don't know. <laughs> so I get to see AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, and then Friday, two days later, is that Green Day and Weezer and Fallout Boy. I know. <sighs> what a week that's going I know. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's no worries. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But that's all I have. All right. Awesome. Well, then quotes time, which strangely enough, I don't really have a lot. (laughs) I know. And there were so many funny things, but I've already said some of them. Like some Mm -hmm. of my quotes I've already done, but I have a couple. When Paul, the businessman, is seated and Mercedes comes in, sits down with her dog. He says, first they stick me in coach and then they put a freaking dog next to me. What the hell is next? Maria and her baby come in and sit on the other side of him. Oh, great. Just great. And Maria says, is there a problem, mister? And he says, oh, gee, what do you think? 
Well, you at least he looks at Mercedes and he says, "Will you at least get that vermin to shut up?" Mercedes, in a perfect Mercedes way, says, "Don't worry, Mary Kate. His hair plugs can't hurt you." Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite lines from the whole film. <laughs> then flight attendant Ken, who gets trapped in the kitchen with a snake, picks it up and throws it in the microwave, hits the snake setting, and says, mm-hmm. "Who's your daddy now, bitch?" I love that <laughs> as well. Before Flint shoots open the window to suck the snakes out of the cockpit and the plane, says, everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. And I already uh, did the one that's all praises to the PlayStation, which is what he says to Troy after the plane lands. Yeah, which was one of my two. So (laughs) it was all praises to the PlayStation. Love that. that. The other one is just it's like early, very early on in the movie. And it was just a little throwaway thing, but I thought it's. Still just funny. It just kind of sees that, you know, you start to see the rapport between the characters. And you know, Sean says, I've never flown first class before. And Flynn just kind of sitting there. I think his eyes still might have even just been like closed. He's just whatever. <laughs> so he goes, see, things are looking up already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of little one-off one throwaway lines. There was a point when Mercedes was sitting in the airport and the a honeymoon couple was there and she's talking about Mary Kate being anxious and the man basically offers, do you want a Xanax? He wanted here have a Xanax for your dog. And I'm thinking, Oh my goodness. Medic. He's a medication guy. You know, he's just going to hand it out. But really those are all the ones I have. Yeah. So you know what that, that means. It's time to get to the rankings. I know, and I'm making you go sure. first. You're going to make me go first. I this am. Time. It makes sense. It does because it's the first time that you actually sat down to watch it. We seem mm. to have that thing when it's a new movie. If yeah. it's one of one of us hasn't seen it, that whoever saw it that was their <laughs> first time has to give the ranking first. And yeah. I'm bracing myself. Yeah, I just don't want you to be mad at me. <gasps> I don't want you to be cross with me. No, um, <laughs> it would take a lot for me to be cross with you. No, um, no, I'm not too harsh on it because, yeah, like a lot of the plot stuff makes no sense. Um, a lot of the CGI doesn't hold up. Um, it's real goofy, but it's goofy because they know it's goofy and it's meant to be goofy. And they they're not afraid of being what they are and knowing what yeah. this movie was and embracing it fully. So with all of that considered, I think it, it's a passing grade for sure. I give it a 7.2. <gasps> Where I sit on it. Ooh, that's higher <laughs> than I expected from you. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. It, it takes a lot for me to go under a 7. I know. With most stuff. I that's know. That's kind of how I am. <laughs> I know. Well, I love this movie, but I also accept and I try to be objective when I give my rankings, because I know that some of my favorite movies are not critically acclaimed or Oscar-worthy films, mm-hmm. but they're fun. And I own that enjoying them is, you know, I own it, that I enjoy it. So for me, this one, I came in at a 7.5. All right. So not far off you. No, and not, not astronomically high. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to give it a 9.9 because that mm-hmm. is not real. Like, I have to yeah. be real with this. <laughs> to me, 
It's it's there. For sure. Oh my goodness. It's Is that what I think it is? I'm pretty sure somebody's trying to email us some pictures from oh. the feedback phone. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's feedback. I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a little bit of feedback this week. I'm excited to get to that. We have one from our good friend, Tony, on Twitter. Always great to hear from her over there. Good to see her back in the feedback section. And Daphne, I'm going to let you take that away. <laughs> I kind of reached out to her and just checked in because she's been really reliable with feedback for us. And I really appreciate when she shares what she's thinking when she watches these movies. So this is what Tony had to say. It's actually about the movie we covered last week, which was Colossal. Mm. And Tony says, I watched Colossal for the first time yesterday. I have been busy listening to the Handmaid's podcast, which I have loved. Good to hear Jason again. I stopped watching The Walking Dead after season seven and Fear the Walking Dead after three. A lot of people did, Tony. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I'm glad you're enjoying the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Mm -hmm. I watched the trailer first because you said they marketed it wrong, and I 100% agree with you. It wasn't exactly a comedy, although it was kind of funny. Dark undertones, definitely. I wanted to see more of the two main characters as children. That part was interesting, and we got so little of it. Also, not much of a monster movie. Overall good, not great. Oscar, Jason Sudeikis, was a bad dude. I agree with y'all on that. I have only been able to hear half of your coverage. I'll listen to the rest tomorrow. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, thanks for listening, Tony. And thanks for, you know, even starting some of it and then deciding to go back and watch the movie because of what we were talking about and, and giving your thoughts on it. Yeah, it's it's because it's, it's a monster movie, but it's kind of like what Kat said last week when we covered this. Where really, like, the character of Oscar is the real monster. But as far as, like, the quote-unquote monster movie part of it is really only, like, a small little subplot. Which is interesting, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> because he was. I mean, and I also agree with Tony that I wish we'd seen more of them as kids. Because that is a part of the story that we just didn't get a lot yeah. of. The flashback was great, but I feel like we needed a bit more. I agree. Well, cool. And then we'll get to this week's movie, of course, that we've been talking about for the past while, Snakes <laughs> on a Plane. We have two voicemails for that. And so I'm really excited we to get do. to those. First, we have a voicemail from our good friend Damien. It's good to hear from him. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Here's what Damien had to say about Snakes on a Plane. Hey, Daphne and Pake. It's Damien. I just wanted to call in and leave some feedback for Snakes on a Plane. Uh, this is actually only the second time I've called in to you guys. The first one was for Krampus. And coincidentally, David Koechner was in that as well. He played Uncle <laughs> yes. Howard. Um, and in this movie, he played Rick the co-pilot. So I guess I'm only going to be calling in when you do David Koechner movies. Um, but overall, uh, I enjoyed it. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, I don't know how I've managed to avoid it this long, but... <laughs> um, I just I want to take the opportunity to watch it once I heard you guys were going to cover it. So uh, I watched it a couple times. Um, it was it was OK. I don't think the effects hold up. But of course, Samuel L. and Juliana <laughs> Mar 
Margulies, Margulies. Oh my gosh, I'm totally butchering her name. Anyway, <laughs> Juliana Margulies. <laughs> I think they definitely carried this movie. They did a fantastic job. And um, some of the other secondary actors were kind of, eh, they were iffy, maybe entertaining, like three Gs. Um, <laughs> he was pretty funny. And his uh, his two bodyguards, Troy, and I don't remember the other guy's name that either, uh, so. got bit on the ass. But um, <laughs> And then Troy ended up saving the day. I totally saw that coming, that he knew how to fly a plane from playing video games. I just, I, I just knew that right away when they said Troy could... Troy could save him, and he said he had like two thousand hours flying experience. <laughs> I totally knew it was it was uh, from the video games, but um, R.I.P. Mary Kate, that poor dog. But uh, that guy got what what was coming to him. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, it's always sad <laughs> when the animals buy it. Yes. And anyway, I guess that's about it. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good watch. Uh, very entertaining. I'm glad I finally can say that I saw it. I know there was another movie out around the same time, Snakes on a Train, but that has nothing to do with this, <laughs> I don't think. Um, yeah, just a, a coincidence. They came out at the same time, so uh, I think I'll skip that one. So I guess that's it. Um, I enjoy listening to the podcast, even if uh, I haven't seen the movies, but this time was fun because I have seen the movies. So I will uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, Damien. Yeah, Snakes on a Train, the reason that came out right after, it was on purpose because that was one of those uh, films by the Asylum, which is they're known for doing these like <laughs> terrible ripoff B movie versions. Like they did um, when Pacific Rim came out, the Asylum released a movie called Atlantic Rim. I think is what it was called. So like, it's yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah, I've never seen Snakes on a Train, but yeah, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah. I don't think there's any need for me to do that at all. So we'll have to look at our future movie list and uh, make sure we bring in some good Dave McKechnie movies so we can hear from you more often, Damien. <laughs> yeah, we got to do that. We definitely have to do that. You can't go wrong when you pick a movie that has David Koechner no, in it. not really. Because he, he always does such a great job. No. Problem is, a lot of the movies don't fit. Yeah, I was like, how do we make Anchorman fit into this podcast? Because <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I don't know if we can. <laughs> I don't think it's possible, unfortunately. Yeah. We'll have to look. I'll have to go through his IMDb and just see. Maybe we can find some weird, <laughs> like, obscure horror movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, we have one more voicemail yeah. this week, and it is from our great friend Steve, because of course... It's been a little bit, but it's so good to be back to the live steving. Missed it. So it'd be great to hear from him. I know. Again, he's got he's to mm -hmm. trademark that. It's got to be trademarked. So here comes Steve's live steving of Snakes on a Plane. Hey, Pig and Daphne. This is Steve, and I'm uh, starting Snakes on a Plane. Um, and I, I have to admit, <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually watched this movie. I mean, I know it's like iconic and people quote it all the time and it's there's jokes about it, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it. <laughs> hey, Juliana Margulies. She was on ER. Hey, I've already yes. seen a couple of names that I'm excited. <laughs> Keenan Thompson, David Koechner. <laughs> Best idea ever when trying to escape a murder scene, rev up your loud dirt bike before the bad guys leave. Hey, did that guy <laughs> just offered to give Xanax to a dog. <laughs> that dog sniffed for snakes. Aw, that's so sweet. That's where you wanted to go. Aw. All right, less than 30 minutes in, and we got snakes. 
on a plane. All right, y'all. <laughs> I'm like Indiana Jones when it comes to snakes. I don't do them. Me too, I, don't, Steve. I don't visit them at zoos. I don't want to see them. So <laughs> I'm really suffering through this movie. No. This, like, I literally sat up my seat and said, no. This snake <laughs> just jumped out of the toilet and I'm never peeing on a plane again. Daniel Jackson is tasing snakes. Dude <laughs> just microwaved a snake. Good old Ken. This is a freaking sad movie. Like, people are dying left and right. I'm not even going to try to summarize what David Koechner just said, but it was hilarious and it shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing about what I'm going to tell L.A. for us to go for two hours the next. It was like I'm laughing. I shouldn't be like this movie should be super sad, but it's not. <laughs> Time is tissue. Time is tissue. Where did this <laughs> snake come from that's outside the plane, that's now inside the plane, and it's big? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any words. Like, the, the mouth over the head, I've got nothing. Wait, Rick is alive, and he's crawling out of it? Oh, my God, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve, so much for that feedback. Was, that's great. Great life, Steven. Always love it. <laughs> Just <laughs> follow you on your journey through this movie. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think he started doing that when he, I think we were one of the first, if not the first podcast. Yeah. And he started actually changing <laughs> up his feedback to live Steven. So. Yeah. There's that. It's great. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much, everybody, for your feedback. Really appreciate that. And anybody else, if you would like to leave us feedback, we would love for you to leave us feedback. And there's a couple ways you can do that. We will definitely play them, read them, talk about them, respond to them right here like we have been. And those ways are always, you can find us on Facebook. We are on facebook.com slash Podcast. You can email us and send voicemails. You can, I was going to say live Steve, but it's kind of your own live whoever you are. Um, yes. <laughs> you, you can send those voicemails to our email at runforyourlivespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at RFYL Podcast and Instagram at runforyourlivespodcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us, review us, share with your friends, post things if you would like. But mainly just keep listening and keep supporting. We really appreciate that, of course. Absolutely. And you can always go or send anybody to our website, runforyourlivespodcast.com. And there are links to all of our social media that I mentioned, plus all the podcast players like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Audible, Pandora. We're on YouTube as well. So there's always anywhere for you to find us or send people to find us. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, we've been getting a quite a few downloads or listens over at YouTube. So yeah. I just appreciate every every way that everybody listens. Yes, definitely. Sure. All right. I'll go ahead and give a couple of shout outs again to the things that are going on in the podcast universe around us. Of course, Strange Indeed, my other podcast, will be coming back really soon within the next week or so when Apple TV's Lisey's story from Stephen King will be debuting, premiering, and me and Rima <laughs> will be talking about that. And I'm really excited to jump back into Strange Indeed. And cover some more yeah. dark, twisty, fun Stephen King goodness. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Such a great book. I cannot wait for it to start and hear what you guys think about it. Mm -hmm. And then Daphne, you've got some other stuff going on right now. What are you working on? Well, <laughs> I 
was a guest on Walking Dead cast with Wendy and Jason. We kind of, we've been podcasting over at House Podcastica on season four of The Handmaid's Tale. And Jason decided to invite Wendy and I to come on and talk a little bit about Fear the Walking Dead on Walking Dead cast. So that was my first time over there. I really enjoyed it a lot. And next week, our good friend Mark from Panels to Pixels will be Mm -hmm. guesting on it as well. So it's cool to hear familiar voices when you're listening to podcasts. Absolutely. And then uh, our good friends, TV Podcast Industries, are still covering Disney Plus's The Bad Batch, the Star Wars animated series that I really want to watch, but I need to go through and watch the Clone Wars and all that stuff first. I've still got a lot of Clone Wars to catch up on. I'm a bad Star Wars fan. I need to get that. I've had plenty of time, um, but I'm working on it, Derek. <laughs> Sounds really daunting, though. How many seasons of the Clone Wars are there? Seven. I think. Oh my goodness. And there's a hey. lot of episodes per season too. So it's, it's uh, a lot to jump into. <laughs> yeah. But I will do it. Uh, <laughs> and then of course he left his uh, voicemail earlier. Our great friend Damien that we heard from, he did just launch his podcast recently. And so the second episode of his podcast is out now has watched it in the eighties podcast. And he got together with our good friend Jerry and they talked about the 1980s clash of the Titans. Loved that movie. I, I'm not going to date myself, but let's just say <laughs> I did watch it in the 80s. At the time, it was just a wonderful, wonderful film. And it may not hold up with all the fancy special effects that there are out there now, but there's something really, really special about mm. this film. So yes. I listened to that <laughs> podcast today and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. And then, so, yeah. So anybody out there who is a fan or a sucker for this nostalgia of the 80s definitely <laughs> go check out damien and his podcast watched it in the 80s podcast there's a lot of good stuff coming on the pipeline for that show i i know so yeah definitely he worked really hard to get everything together so he could launch it and he's got some amazing plans in the future for episodes so i'm looking yeah. forward to continuing to check it out for sure me too and look forward to seeing what he's working on and what he puts out and then, of course, Daphne, you could fill everybody in on what is happening next week right here on <laughs> For Your Lives. Okay, so next week, we're discussing Drew Goddard's 2011 American horror comedy film, The Cabin in the Woods. Don't expect that there's going to be a teddy bear's picnic when you visit Kurt's cousin's new vacation home for a long weekend. It's not all unicorns and sugar plum fairies. <laughs> I love that. If anybody who has already seen it, hopefully you get that. And if you haven't seen it, you will get that. Yeah. So that's it. You know, we've reached the end of another fun episode. I'm Daphne. And I'm Paik. Enough is enough. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. <laughs>